Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing in this season. Lord, even as we hear your word, give us the grace to be doers of your word. We do not want to be hearers only. We need to stop deceiving ourselves. Thank you, everlasting Father. Lord, as your word comes forth, let it be all of you and none of me. Touch the lives of your children. Jesus' mighty name, we are afraid. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you. Why don't you welcome someone to church today and say you are welcome to church? God bless you. You are welcome to church. You know, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 60 from verse 21 to 22, it says, all your people will be righteous. They will possess their land forever. For I will plant them there with my own hands in order to bring myself glory. The smallest family will become a thousand people. And the tiniest group will become a mighty nation at the right time. I, the Lord, will make it happen. You know, this was the word of God to us. Earlier, sometime in the, uh, I think one of our prayer sessions. And God is saying, this is that time. The time has come. You know, and this is his word for us. And I pray it will come through for you in the name of Jesus. But we need to gear up. You know, I'm sure a lot of us, we know what I'm talking about. How you live your life and only when you come to church on Sunday that you talk to God. It's a struggle to read your Bible. You live your life the way you want to live your life. That needs to come to an end today. We need to change the way we live. I'm going to be telling us a few things about gear up, like what God wants us to do. And I'm going to be using the scriptures to tell us. We're going to look at, the first one, we're going to be looking at a story. I don't know how many of us are, are very familiar. I don't, I'm not sure so many of us are familiar with it. But I want you to open your hearts and listen attentively so that when we bring out the points from this story, you will be blessed in the name of Jesus. Pastor Ann, can you help me read Judges chapter 4, verse 1 to 24? Let's just pay attention and just listen to this story. Judges 4, 1 to 24. After Ehud's death, the Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazor, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harosheth Hagoyim. Sisera, who had 900 iron chariots, ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was judging Israel at that time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim 
and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day, she sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, who lived in Kedesh in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor. And I will call out Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors, to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied. I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture. For the Lord's victory over Sisera will, will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. At Kadesh, Barak called together the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 warriors went up with him. Deborah also went with him. Now Heber the Kenite, a descendant of Moses' brother-in-law, Hobab, had moved away from the other, tribes of, other members of his tribe and pitched his tent by the oak of Zan Zananim near Kadesh. When Sisera was told that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, he called for all 900 of his iron chariots and all of his warriors, and they marched from Harosheth Hagoyim to the Kishon River. Then Deborah said to Barak, Get ready. This is the day that the Lord will give you victory over Sisera, for the Lord is marching ahead of you. So Barak led his 10,000 warriors down the slopes of Mount Tabor into battle. When Barak attacked, now listen. Yeah, the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and warriors into a panic. Sisera leaped down from his chariot and escaped on foot. Then Barak chased the chariots and the enemy army all the way from Harosheth Hagoyim, killing all of Sisera's warriors. Not a single one was left alive. Meanwhile, Sisera ran to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite because Heber's family was on friendly terms with the king Jabin of Hazor. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come into my tent, sir. Come in. Don't be afraid. So he went into her tent and she covered him with a blanket. Take note. Please give me some water, he, he said. I am thirsty. So she gave him some milk from a leather bag and covered him again. Stand at the door of the tent, he told her. If anyone comes and asks you to, if there is anyone here, say no. But when Sisera fell asleep from exhaustion, Jael quietly crept up to him with a hammer and tent peg in her hand. Take note. Then she drove the tent peg through his temple into the ground, and so he died. When Barak came looking for Sisera, Jael went out to meet him. She said, Come, I will show you the man you are looking for. So he followed her into the tent and found Sisera lying there dead with a tent peg through his temple. So on that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king. And from that time on, Israel became stronger and stronger against King Jabin until they finally destroyed him. Hallelujah. I know it's a very long story, but... I wanted us to have a background and understand what that story was saying. What God is trying to tell us here, you know, there are so many points, very, very loaded story, you know. By the way, what is temple? Who is in the medical field? The head, somewhere around there, right? No, it's not the front. Where is it? The side of the head. So she drove a peg through the side of his head. Well, very classy. Those guys used to be very brutal. 
Anyway. <laughs> a lot of us have unfinished battles. Now, let me tell you what happens. And it's always a major issue with us Christians. And what God is saying to us, go and sort out your battles. Finish them. You know what happens? There's a siege on our lives. We are in trouble and we say, oh God, come through for me. And just one little breakthrough happens. One little thing. God has just started the work. There's still battle going on. Now, these guys, they are defeated the army. God caused confusion. Everyone scattered. They had killed people. But they went after the guy, after Cicera. Why? Why did they go after him? Eh? God bless you. As long as Cicera is alive, he will raise another army. Not he can, he will. He would have. We have to stop. We have too many unfinished battles. My question to you today is, how do you know that God, that battle is over, that battle in your life? How do you know it's over? How do you know? How do you know? How did they know? Cesera was dead. They got rid of Cesera. A lot of times, I see believers, oh God, at this siege, I want it to be over. Then God starts opening doors. And guess what happens? We become comfortable. And we forget about the battle. And we're like, you know what? Oh, God has done it. I'm good. And we start living anywhere we want to live. And the enemy creeps back. Bloodier. I mean, if you permit that language. May God help us in the name of Jesus. <laughs> what God is saying is we need to learn to finish our battles. If not, we will have series of half-won battles rearing their heads. Half-won battles. They come back. If this guy did not go, and look at the Bible, look at scriptures. When there is a war, the Bible says they defeated the army of this and they pursued them. It's the same with spiritual warfare. It is not over until it is over. What does over mean? Total victory. Total victory. A lot of us may be struggling. like, ah, what's pastor saying today? Let's open our Bibles to the book of 2 Kings 13, 14 to 19. You've heard us say times without number, keep striking. What does it mean when we say keep striking? Do you just join us? Are you to you say keep striking? What are you striking? I know people have joined, they are like, keep striking. We keep saying keep striking. When we are fasting, we say, oh, let's keep striking. What do you think we are striking? <laughs> Where did that come from? The Bible says in the book of 2 Kings 13, 14 to 19, it says when Elisha was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. He said, my father, my father, I see the chariots and charioters of Israel. He cried. You know, this is the exact thing Elisha said when he saw the chariots coming to take Elijah. I mean, awesome, awesome. He said, I see the chariots and charioters of Israel. He cried. Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his hands on the king's hand. Then he commanded, open this, that eastern window. And he opened it. Then he said, shoot. So he shot an arrow. Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. For you will completely, completely conquer the Arameans of at Afek. Then he said, now pick up the, pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. But the man of God was angry with him. You should have struck the ground five or six times. Then he ex exclaimed, then you would have been beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will be victorious only three times. A lot of times, we strike only three times. Tell someone, keep striking. It is not over. 
can't afford to relax. A lot of us, maybe you came to Canada, oh God, I want this kind of job. You, you, you struggled. When the job comes, what next? Are you just to fold your hands and sit down and just stand and join yourself? Well, you keep striking. Who told you the job is your destination? The battle is raging. It doesn't stop. The devil does not give up. You think because you are okay, you think the devil will go and sit down? We are in the end times. The devil knows, we are going to be looking at it later. He knows his verdict. There is no argument. The devil knows what is going to happen to him. He knows. But what is his mission? Take as many people as possible. Have you ever seen people that get in trouble and they want to drag people down with them? They're like, you know what? I'm not going to suffer this alone. And they begin to mention names. I remember my secondary school. There was this girl. I don't know what happened to the girl. What got into her? I think she was in GSS3 at the time. And I don't know what happened. I, I think it was, it was the demonic. I can't, I can't wrap my mind around it. And she just started sleeping with everybody. Like she goes to the toilet and tells everyone that wants to come to come. Morak, do you remember the story? I don't, Demola, do you remember that story? <laughs> Did I say you went there? <laughs> I'm not saying you remember the story. <laughs> eh? I'm calling people that were in the secondary school. I don't really, so this girl, so different boys go to the toilet. Ah, God, thank you. That was JJC that time. I didn't know. <laughs> God, thank you. Different, just the boys running to the toilet. I'm not joking. And she would just, they would not be doing nonsense in the toilet. I don't know the spirit that came upon her. Anyway, she got caught in SS2. And she said, from DS3, from DS3, like SS1, she said, you know what? I'm not going to go down alone. She wrote the list of all the boys. <laughs> eh? She remember all of them. Oh. She wrote the list of all the boys and said, I must bring all of them down. So I remember that day on assembly. Demola, do you remember now? I was not there. <laughs> you know, on assembly, they called out all of them. And it was just, the girl had to take them down with her. She said, I'm not going to go down alone. That's what the devil does. And that's the strategy. I'm not, I know my verdict. I know. But I will take as many people as I can down. Why? He knows the mind of the Father. God wants us to reign with him. That is God's agenda. That is God's plan. But the devil, as long as he has, is still allowed to roam around, which he is. So you get the victory, you've struck three times, which is why, you know, when we fast, we say, come for videos, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. We don't stop in the middle. From HQ, we've, we've learned that thing, that training. You know, you don't stop until it is over. You strike until you get everything done. I pray in the name of Jesus that we'll all sit up in the mighty name of Jesus. Do you know why? It is not about you alone. A lot of times, we think about ourselves. What of your children? For those that don't have children, what of your children unborn? For some people, what of your parents? They stood in the gap for you, but they may not be as strong anymore. A lot of them have seen things that their faith is no longer as strong. You may be responsible for them. It's not about you. We need to stand up. We need to get up, and God will help us in the name of Jesus. So we need to keep striking until that thing that represents Aram is totally defeated. I mean, if you go down that scripture, that story we read, you see it there. They defeated Aram three times. Only three times. We don't know what happened after that. Only three times. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, it says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world. What world was Paul talking about? 
What world? What's the dark world? Is the dark world hellfire? What's the dark world? Earth! What's the dark world? What's the title of Satan when he relates to the world? The prince of this world! Anyway, let's read on. It says, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. In your mind, they're like, how can evil spirits be in heaven? Against evil spirits in the heavenly places. But that's the talking for another day. <laughs> I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. The enemy <laughs> is relentless. You know, and I pray in the name of Jesus that we will not give the enemy any room and any avenue into our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, the Bible talks about, in First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now, let me ask you a question. Does the, does the devil have access to you? Does the devil have access to you? Okay, let me rephrase that question. Can the devil come to tell you things? Is that no access? <laughs> you are too spiritual. I'm making this thing. What is access? Somebody coming to you and reaching out to you. <laughs> you are saying access. You are saying access is different from access. Does the devil, can the devil come to you and whisper things to you? <laughs> okay, wait, okay, wait now. We are, we are going to move on. Let's understand this better. Okay, let's open our Bibles to the book of Job chapter 1, verse 6 to 10. Let's read it all. So I'll now ask you that, who are you? Wait. <laughs> Job chapter 1, verse 6 to 10. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord. Listen, a lot of times, what do you think about the devil? What's on your mind? Do you feel like the devil is? Like, what do you think happened between devil and God? Do you feel like the devil cannot see God? Like, they, they, you know, like, they don't even talk. They are like, get out. What do you think about it? Eh? <laughs> okay. It says, and the accuser, see, listen, one day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord. I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that is going on. Tell somebody, okay, don't let me. <laughs> I don't want you to be afraid, but the devil is watching you. <laughs> no, do you, you know the problem with us? A lot of us, you, you spiritualize these things too much. And out of ignorance, you get attacked. The Bible says, let he that thinks he stand, take it lest he fall. And the devil cannot access me. Some of you will even be killing. You cannot kill the devil. Listen to me. Now take it. You cannot kill him. You can, you can resist him. His death is already stated. We are going to look at it. We need to let's deal with understanding so that you know how to attack, how to manage it. So you don't pray foolish prayers. You can't kill him. His death, we already know he's going to die. We know his judgment. It's in the Bible. Anyway, let's move on. So he says, the Lord has Satan, 
So he says, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? You know, every time I tell God, every time I read this in God, just leave me. <laughs> Don't allow her, please. <laughs> if Job could only listen to that conversation, if you could tap into the realm of spirit and just say, you just say, God is okay. No, I mean, I'm humble. <laughs> please. But see what happened. It says, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless. He is a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. See the, see the, see the job, see the description of a man. He fears God. God is hyping his own child. The way he's hyping me right now. But we, before his angels. Says <laughs> 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 so that should not come. <laughs> anyway. He says, he's the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears the Lord and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has a good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. I pray God you put a wall of protection around you. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. What a description. Beef. This is the part one. So we know what happened in this part. God allowed Satan. Then this is Job chapter 1, 6 to 10 we just read. Now let's move to Job chapter 2. But before we go on, so that person that says he does not have access, but he, had, he went to God though. When the heavenly courts were, they were presenting themselves, he says when the sons of God were presenting themselves, he went amongst them. And God is now discussing with him. Ah, how can God be talking to the devil? How can he ever even have happened? After God banished him, God is still relating with him, asking him where did you think God did not know where he was, where he was, what was in this is just for our own good. It's for your own, it's just for your knowledge. God knew what the devil has been doing, but it's written in the scriptures so you are not ignorant. He says, I've been patrolling the earth, observing what is going on. Now, in Job chapter 2, this was Job chapter 1. In Job chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, it says, One day the members of the heavenly court came again. Again. To present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, Satan, came with them. Jesus, God asked him again, where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He's blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and always stays away from evil. And he has maintained his integrity even though you urge me to harm him without cause. We know what happened with the rest of the story. The point here is we need to be, be on alert. We need to be on guard. Yes, I've heard people say, you know what, let me just stay on my lane. I don't want to disturb anybody. I don't want to disturb the devil so he doesn't disturb me. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. There's nothing like stay on your own and the devil leaves you alone. It's prowling. It's looking. It's trying. It's trying to get anyone to tear apart. I pray none of us will be. We open our lives to the devil, in the name of Jesus. You know the Bible says, in the book of James, chapter four, verse seven, it says, "So submit to the." I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. It says, "So submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil." He explains what that resist means. He says, "Stand firm against him." Why? Stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Now, guess what? God has given you the power to resist the devil. That's the power you have. You can say, Satan, get thee behind me. 
you have no place in my life. I refuse to do this. Get out. It will go. But guess what happens? I don't know what all of us think the devil is like. I don't know who we envision the devil to be. We don't know when something is the devil. We don't know. When situations represent the devil coming to us, the devil will not come as a person. He comes through situations. Brother, of, brother in Christ, sister in Christ that love the Lord, they've been dating for a while. One day, it's snowing heavily. Sister goes to visit brother in the house. They enter the house, then the snow increases. And sister says, it's very cold outside. And brother says, don't worry. The grace of God is sufficient. Stay in my house overnight. The devil has started creeping in. Stay in my house overnight. Stay in my house. Don't worry. So sister says, okay, okay, okay. So you stay in the basement, oh. I'm going upstairs. So the brother goes upstairs, or the sister goes upstairs, the brother stays in the basement. The devil is already smiling. It's a good situation. The Bible is saying, resist the devil. You know when the Bible says, flee from every appearance of evil? Very clear. What should you do in that kind of case? Don't even bring it. Send, drive the sister back home. Yes, get to back. I mean, you cannot. Why? It's not some, it doesn't matter. I mean, this, you are talking of destiny. Now, listen, I'm giving you a scenario. It's not even pre-planned. It's just a story I'm bringing up. So, you know, so when brother, sister has gone to change to her nightgown, or she wears one of brother's t-shirt, <laughs> big problem. Brother is in the basement. At that time, brother cannot sleep. He's just thinking, is she okay? Huh, I wish she's fine, no. <laughs> brother has changed to boxers. The brother now wants to go and drink water. Or yes, sister's footstep in the kitchen. Say, let me go and check it. She's always a lie. That's the devil. Brother goes upstairs. See sister there. Ah. He say, yeah, you've not slept. Say, I'm cold though. Say, let me just hug you to warm you. <laughs> From that hugging to warm me, they will fall down. Something will happen. Now listen. The devil has crept in. The devil has crept in. He has already started. He's not yet finished. That's what you don't realize. You think it's by that? Because of the hurry in the thing. You know, this devil, very wicked. That union translates to baby. Brother now says, Ha, ah, this will spoil my thing. I'm a worker in the house of God. I don't want to talk about brother's department. So it's not. <laughs> I'm a brother in the house of God. This is going to be shameful. Sister is saying, Oh my God, my father ah, will be upset. My mother will be angry. Like, what of my dreams of our wedding, white wedding? I can't have a white wedding. Next thing is, okay, you know what? There has to be a way around it. Go to the doctor, Canadian doctors, that even when married couples come to meet them, they will ask you, do you want to keep the baby? I've never heard that kind of thing before. Until we're going to have our first, our last son. We got to just go to a doctor say, oh, so we have three kids. Ah, this one is coming. Do you want to keep this one? Ah! I'm like, what, what, what the question? So the doctor is saying, do you want to keep this? And they look at themselves. And they say, no, we want to let this one go. And then the blood of that child is on their head. And guess what the accuser does? That blood of that child. You know who that child should have been? When he's accusing them, that child should have been a great person. They cut short his destiny. And he keeps accusing them day and night. Who caused this in the first place? Who caused it? It is snow. <laughs> ah, it's not the snow. It's the devil. But they yielded. So that's what the Bible says, flee. Flee. See, so you need to understand, it comes in scenarios. It comes very subtly. 
It will not expect it. It's not the way you think it should come. I've seen people that have fallen by association. A brother, you know, God will help us. I'm warning you. Stay on guard in 2021. Don't let the enemy have his way. Because when the devil comes and he can cut you off, what he does is he will isolate you. What the devil does is he isolates, then he destroys. What you do is just make a situation, a situation so horrible that you cannot even begin to see your brother. You begin to fall. You're unable to come in the midst of believers any longer. No one is able to hold you. They're trying to reach out to you. They can't reach you. You become isolated. Then it comes. I know a young man that the devil isolated and killed. The guy, they found him in his toilet. I don't know why he died. They just saw the guy died. And he had the warning, do not leave the midst of the brethren. This is what the devil wants to do to you. So what the devil does, he will isolate and destroy. That will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. You know, the devil knows what his own verdict is. And I'm, I want to open our eyes to see the verdict, what is going to happen to the devil. So that in our minds, we understand that he knows and he's going to come after us. And we need to be prepared to resist him. That scripture that says, flee from every appearance of evil. What does that mean? Even if it is not really evil, but it can turn to evil, flee. Appearance. I've seen people fall, you know, I said it earlier, fall by association. Your friends call you, they're like, oh, let's go have a drink. The young man says, instead of going, oh, you know, I just want to have a drink with my friends. They go there. You know, as they're sitting down, two friends, they invite three girls. Now, listen to me, everyone here. As a man, if you ever find yourself in that situation, just beat your friends. Oh, guys, I'll see you and leave. 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 Benjamin, you're looking at Tony. Leave. <laughs> leave. Do you know what I'm saying, leave? Do you know what I'm saying, leave? Because in your mind, a lot of times you feel oh, I'm a child of God, I have the power. You know, the God, spirit of God is in me to withstand any iniquity. But the Bible that says flee knows no matter how strong you are, <laughs> it's only God, it's only Jesus that could walk this earth blameless. Don't put yourself in situations where you can get in trouble. But a lot of people you say, oh, you know what, I can handle it. Then they distribute the girls and they say, you know what, I'm not even interested. No, 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 I don't want no, you know, I don't want anything. And guess where the devil, you know, the devil is wicked. Just the way God knows us and knows what suits us. The devil knows your weakness. He knows as a man, you know, God created men in different ways. Men love, they have different tastes in women. So that third person will, the devil will make sure it's the taste of that man. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. See, listen, there are people that are falling in. I mean, this is just one of the scenarios. For some people, it's in the workplace. A supplier comes to meet you in procurement. I said, you know what? Let's move our products. And they will justify it. You know, our products are the best. All we want is just for you to keep giving us this deal. Keep putting us, giving us, letting us know what other people are quoting so that we can undercoat them. I know for that, what we are going to be doing is be sending you and your family on vacation every year. So, so to you, you now justify it. It's a gift. It's a gift. This vacation is a, it's just a gift. It's not as if it's even tangible. We'll just enter the plane and fly there. 
I'm, you know, because you know the companies tell you that the policies if they give you a gift, bring it to the office. You just go and say, do I need, do I have any gift? There's nothing I'm getting in my hand. The ticket is even e-ticket. <laughs> I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Flee. You know the Bible says for those of us that did join us in the study of Revelation, we know what the end of the devil is. We know. We understand. No, the Bible says in the book of Revelation 20, 10, it says, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. The devil knows that's where he's going to go. But now see what happens. How many of us, we know what hell is, Abi? We know what hell is, right? What do you think hell is? Like, it's a bad place, right? But you know that's not the worst place. Do we know? Do you know hell is not the worst place? Hell itself is going to be cast into the lake of fire. You don't know that. <laughs> open, let's open our Bibles. Revelations 20, 12 to 15. Now, this is what the devil is trying to do. Get as many people into the lake of fire with him. Get as many companions. He says in the book of Revelations 20, 12 to 15, he says, and I saw the dead small and great stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell, listen, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged according, they were judged every man according to his works. Now listen, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And death, look at it. Stay, take a picture if you want to go and be thinking about it at home. Somewhere it's worse than hell. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. I pray in the name of Jesus that none of us will miss heaven. Do you know why? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Is there anyone here that has lived over 70 years? Anyone? Over 70 years old? So we are all young. But think of how long your life has been. Think. From when you were young till now. Do you know how many years you've lived? So for most people, 40 years, 50 years, 30 years, 25 years. See how long it seems. Now imagine eternity. Picture it. Eternity in the lake somewhere that they are punishing air. Is it worth it? So what is worth it? I mean, so is it the pleasure? What do you want to enjoy that is worth it? And guess what? The Bible says appointed man wants you know, to die and then judgment. 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 Stavuki, thank you for your testimony. We never know. We never know when our time will be. You know, you don't know. That's one of the things you can't know. Except God chooses to reveal it to you like he did to Ezekiah. Prepare his home. Prepare your home and get ready. We never know. You don't know when your time will come. Make your way straight. Make your life straight. Move close to God. It is not worth it. Anything we are chasing that is outside of God is not worth it. Listen, for those that read it, so, you know, I always tell people, people argue with me and say, oh, Pastor, what? Uh, but this one, eh, this person said, this preacher said, this one said, I've heard people tell me that, oh, this preacher said, once you give your life to Christ, you can't make hell. Like, you can't go to hellfire. You can't, you always make heaven once you give your life to Christ. And I'm like, so you can live the way you want to live. They say, yeah, that's what the preacher said. I'm like, listen to me. If anything happened or the rapture happens, that you miss heaven. 
You can't use the excuse that I heard the preacher say that. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You can't say this person said this. There is no excuse. Possibly your blood will be on that person's head. But there will be so many people's blood on the head. But that is it. You've missed it. You've missed it. None of us will miss it. I don't want to use you've missed it. They've missed it. They've missed it. We are just passing by. We are just passing by. What we've exposed and we've opened our eyes to see today is that the devil knows his end. He's trying to take as many people with him. Be on guard. It is not worth it. It isn't. It isn't. There is nothing that is worth it. Think of it. And you, someone will live the rest of their life in damnation. And there is no way of hope. You can't beg your way out of it. You can't speak your way out of it. You can't worship your way out of it. You can't pray your way out of it. Because there's many people that in their relationship with God is just, oh God, I love you. You're my friend. And that is where it stops. They don't want to know God. They don't want to move with God. They believe God has transformed. God has evolved. <laughs> God is God. You know, when we're doing the study on the book of Revelation, was in Revelation 3 that it says that some people will be removed from the book of life. That's the church in which of the churches? Sadis? It was in Sadis. The church in Sadis. So my people said, some people say, when your name is in the book of life, it won't be removed again. So you know, when you give your life to Christ, your name goes in the book of life. But in the letter to the church in Sardis, can't you help me please look for it so we can just read it out to people. To the letter in the church in Sardis, it says if you are not careful, your name will be removed from the book of life. That will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. Watch how you live. Hell is real. The lake of fire is real. Heaven is real. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. You know, as a, as our goal as a church, you know what, we are, what our vision is? To be filled with the life of Christ Jesus and released into our destiny, taking the world for him. You said? Revelation 3.5. Okay, let's quickly read it. Revelation 3.5. Revelation 3.5. Can TMM, is, is it possible by any chance that you help me just put out? So it doesn't look like I'm reading it from somewhere. Revelation 3.5. You know, for those that missed the study on Revelation, I'm sorry. You know, I don't know if that opportunity will come again, but there's a lot there. And knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. There are things we are seeing now that we're in the book of study of Revelations. Can we any Revelations chapter 3, verse 5? Yeah. Listen to that. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. What does that mean? It means the name was there before. I will not blot, blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. I pray you will not do what will make God blot out your name from the book of life. In the name of Jesus. Listen, nothing is worth it. This teaching will be played. But I pray that when it's being played for you, it will be God saying, I'm happy you heeded to the message. It will not be but you heard this. There is no excuse. There is no explanation. It is appointed to man to die once and then judgment. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that on this earth we will live victoriously and beyond that we will make heaven. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. So I just want us to bow down our hearts and bow down our eyes and just begin to talk to God today. I just begin to mend your relationship. God is saying to us today, get up, stand up, step up. He's saying, come closer to me. My arms are open. But I need you to come to me. I can help you. God is saying, I can help you. Yes, the devil is around. Yes, he sees you. Yes, he's coming for you. But as long as you are in me, I will help you. As long as you are in me, you have the power to resist the devil. As long as you are in me, you have the power to discern, to know that situations are of the devil. So when the devil tries to come with his tricks, when the devil tries to come with his antics, you are able to sense it a mile away. And you say, you know what, devil, I resist you. I resist you. God is saying, come to me. God is saying, enough of the play. God is saying, enough of the jumping around. God is saying, stay focused on me. God is extending his arm of fellowship today. I don't know if there's anyone here today that wants to say, God, just, you know, imagine, imagine you just think in your mind you've given your life. Have you really given your life to Christ? Have you really given your life? When did you give your life? What happened when you gave your life to Christ? Or are you assuming you've given your life to Christ? I don't know if there's anyone here today that is saying, God, I don't even want to be in doubt. I want to be sure. I want to be sure I've done it right. I don't know if there's anyone that is saying, God, yes. I was in you before, but life happened. Life happened. I wasn't prepared enough. I fell by the wayside, but I'm ready to come back to you now. God is opening his arms and he's saying, come to me. Come to me. You know, we shared here last week that we should come. You know, the scripture we talked about, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. God wants to give you rest. That rest is a powerful word because it involves a lot. God is saying, come to me. Come to me. I can help you. You know, Jesus, in one of his teachings says, if your hand, if your eyes will make you to miss heaven, pluck it out. If your hands is what will cost you, you need to cut it off. It's telling you that the importance of life after death. It's telling you the importance of eternity. I'm reaching out to you today, giving you an opportunity. You don't need to come out. Where you are seated, you can just raise up your hands and I will pray with you. What we are trying to do today is just to make sure you are in right standing. What we are trying to do is just to bring you back, back to where you should be. And from there, God will take charge. Your relationship with, with him will become seamless. It will become a proper relationship. So if there's anyone here today that has never given their lives to Christ or gave their life to Christ sometime, but they want to just, you just want to rededicate your life to Christ, this is an opportunity. Why we bow down our heads and close our eyes? If there's anyone that wants to straighten their walk with God, just raise up your hands and I'll just say a short word of prayer with you where you are seated. You do not need to come forward. We're just going to pray for you and just make sure that you are back. You do not want to take the chance. You do not want to just leave anything to chance because this is the eternity we are talking about. Lord, I pray for your children in the name of Jesus that you will lay your hands upon them right now. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, my sister. God bless you. If there's any other person, I'm going to give her just 10 seconds more. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. Thank you so much, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Five seconds more that we are going to pray. Lord, we say thank you. And anyone that is online that is joining us that wants to just retrace their steps back to God, this is an opportunity. And I pray that this time, God will work with you. You will not fall any longer. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we say thank you to you. 
just your time and say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the privilege to be your child. Thank you for seeking me out. Thank you for forgiving my sins. At this time, I come unto you, Lord, and I ask that you take away my sins, Lord. Forgive all the sins I have committed in my words, in my thoughts, in my deed. Lord, I'm ready to start a new work with you. I'm ready to live with you. I'm ready to cohabit with you. I'm ready to, to begin a fresh relationship with you. Lord, your word says that anyone that comes to you, you shall in no wise cast, cast away. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for the privilege to become your child. I hereby declare that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Lord, I thank you for your children. Thank you, Lord, for making them become new people. Your word says, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to know you. Thank you for accepting your children. Lord, we know your word that says, Lord, that when a lost soul comes back, Lord, there is rejoicing in heaven. Thank you because we know there is rejoicing going on in heaven right now over these souls. Lord, I pray that even as they retrace their steps back to you, Lord, please guide them. Cause them not to fall on the wayside. Let them be victorious, Lord. Lord, for every other person listening to the sound of my voice, Lord, I pray that this word you have spoken today will not condemn them. They will not be condemned by these words, but they will be justified because they've listened to the word and they are going to make amends in their life. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, give us the grace to bring up our children the right way, to lead them on the right path. We know the devil is particularly after the next generation. Lord, help us to help that generation. Give us the grace, we, Lord, we as a people, to stand on God, Lord. Help us to help one another, that none of us will fall by the wayside. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen.